Hello, listener, and welcome to Straight Shot Health Talk. This is the podcast that provides honest and straightforward information about health, wellness, and how to survive our crazy healthcare system. This is for people who want to focus on getting well instead of just treating symptoms. Sound like you? Then let's get started. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is a YouTube and Straight Shot Health Talk iTunes co-episode here, so you can find this at both YouTube at the Straight Shot Health channel as well as on iTunes uh, if you would just like to download it for later. Alright, the topic for today is three simple steps for healthy choices. And because this is a YouTube video as well, I'm going to provide a little background about myself. Some people already know this. I am an anesthesiologist. And I also am fellowship trained in pain medicine. What that means is I've done additional training at uh, University of Michigan in the treatment of pain. Then I served as assistant fellowship uh, uh, director when I was in the military. Then I left the military, joined a group practice, uh, discovered that it wasn't necessarily that I was uh, as hot as I thought I was, is that we, were not, we don't know what we're doing when it comes to pain, uh, particularly with interventional pain which I've mentioned in the past. And so after dissatisfaction and recognition that healthcare is not in a place to address these issues appropriately, I, I left. Now I'm the principal at Straight Shot Health, uh, where it is a health education website. The podcast is to provide you health information as well as actionable strategies, things that you can do to take control of your health now. All right. So this particular episode came out of uh, reader questions. So there is an email list, a new newsletter that you can sign up for at Straight Shot Health. And one of the first things I do when people sign up is ask you for what are your concerns? What is it about health, health care, you know, going to the doctor that you're unclear about? Um, because that's the way I know what, how to do an episode on. That's why I know how to provide you value. That's the way how I can address your concerns. Because I'm my own, and mine are not going to be the same as yours. I'm thinking in, in multiple different things. You know, the problems with electronic medical records and physician behavior and how they actually can help patients make behavioral lifestyle choices rather than just throw papers at them. And so while I like to talk about those things and I'm interested in them, ideally, particularly when it comes to Straight Shot Health talk and these YouTube videos, I want to talk about what is important to you, all right, not what's important to me. If you want what's important to me, I can do that too. But really, I would like to know what's important to you. So anyway, this question came from Ruth, and the question is, I'm currently trying to heal my gut and whole body through nutrition as well as light exercise, eliminating environmental stresses, maintaining a sleep schedule, and reducing stress in any way I know how. All those being said, what is the best way to find out what I need to do personally to better my health? Now, what I liked about this question is the stuff that Ruth is doing right. She's already recognized the you know, important role of the fundamental four health behaviors that you have on living well, all right? Moving every day, making some sort of exercise routine. And that doesn't have to be crazy like you're doing P90X or you know, getting huge like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just doing some sort of consistent movement daily, movement. Eating really food, real food so that we know that food affects our health, affects our body, affects our, you know, our stomach and intestines. Focusing on that. Avoiding toxins. So those are toxic people, places, and things. So that includes things like smoking. That includes things like drugs. And prescription drugs can be those as well. That can include toxic people because people can actually hurt you um, through the, you know, the actions that they do and the negativity that they have and the harsh words that they use. 
Uh, I've talked on, I think, a little bit of that in the past. I'll do an episode on that in the future. And places even. So if you live next to a toxic waste dump, that is probably not good for you. Or even more simply, if you are living in a place that you are not happy with, if you are a, a you know a, a country person and you're living in the middle of a city and you hate it every day, that is probably not doing your health any good. All right, so she's recognizing this. He's taking control, and I forgot about the sleep and things. But this last key part here, though, what is the best way to find out what I need to do personally to better my health? And I was thinking about this question, and I started, you know, thinking more and more and more about it. And this is a this there's a really important part of those questions. I can't answer this. Okay, I can I can't answer this for anybody. I can answer it for myself, but I can't answer it for any individual. However, what I can do though is help you provide a framework to answer it for yourself, to provide a way to look at health choices, to look at the what you want out of your life so that you can make better health choices. And in many ways, I think this is the best way to do it. Because if I went out and started telling people, this is what you need to do right now, I'm going to make the choices for you, they haven't learned from it, they haven't given, been given a tool set to better their lives. It's almost like if you walk into your physician's office and he throws a drug at you and says, take this for your high blood pressure and does nothing else. He may have treated the symptom at that moment in time, but he hasn't provided you a tool or she hasn't provided you a tool to allow you to take control of your health, right? So that's what this episode is really about. So titled, Three Simple Steps for Healthy Choices. Okay, I like to break things down into three. Now to start for these three simple steps though, we have to start with three key ideas. And those three key ideas are these. School of fish, white bears, and command and control. Right, now, what does this mean? Well, when you think about a, a school of fish, what does it do? And interestingly, I didn't know, you know, fish behavior is actually way more fascinating than I ever get credit for because I was thinking about this concept, thinking about school of fish. It was one of the first things that came to my mind. And then I started reading up on fish behavior. I don't know. I didn't want to make sure I knew what I was talking about. And this is really cool. The stuff that fish do and how they move and relate to each other could be an episode in itself because in many ways, the schooling behavior that fish do, the theories behind it, the benefits and disadvantages that it provides to those fish are, interestingly enough, kind of like trying to survive our healthcare system. But this is not an episode on fish behavior. It is an episode on choices. And so we're only going to focus on one particular aspect because there are many about um, you know this fish behavior of school being in a large school, and that is what is known as the confusion effect. Now, what is the confusion effect? And what the confusion effect is, it's a way schools of fish, um, or it's a thought that the way a school of fish keeps themselves from getting eaten by a predator is really that because they all kind of look the same, they all act the same, they all swim the same, they're all together, it makes it very, very difficult for predators to pick out the individual fish. Now, what does this deal with health? Well, if we have so many different pieces of health advice, health information, um, health concerns, you must do that, do this, do this, do this, spreading around, and this is propagated all the time, including with our doctor's office and appointments and them you know, throwing you know, packets of information, if, in some cases if we're lucky to get a packet of information from them. Um, but the media does a good job about this. You know, eat this, not that. Oh, wait a second, we were wrong. What you were supposed to eat in the past wasn't the right thing to eat here. Uh, you need to move. You don't need to move. You're doing this. You're doing this. That's bad, blah, blah, blah. And they basically throw out so much health information, so you know, much of it sounds very similar or just enough 
not quite different, that we can't distinguish it, that it's like this big, large school of fish of health information that becomes overwhelming, frankly. If we're trying to be like the shark and eat like the little tasty morsels of that health information, we cannot do it because it just becomes too big. All of it becomes this big, overwhelming blob of fish, and we don't know where to start. So that's the confusion effect. Now, the second one we talked about here was white bears. And what does this mean? Well, have you ever heard that statement, you know, and say, don't think of white bears or white elephants or really whatever. Don't think about something. And what happens? Well, you start thinking about white bears or white elephants or whatever it is that you're not supposed to think about. And this actually, this white bears comes from a quote by um, Dostoevsky in 1863 uh, when he was you know, talking about these Arctic expeditions he was doing. And, and the quote itself is this, try to pose for yourself this task not to think of a polar bear and you will see that the cursed thing will come to mind every minute. So recognize it, wrote it down in 1863. And as is sometimes typical, we sort of just took it for granted until around 1987 when Daniel Wegner, who is a psychologist at Harvard, said, you know what, that sounds really interesting. Has anybody studied it? Nobody had. And so he started doing research on what is known as thought suppression, which is what this is. And what he found then was that this was very True that Dostoevsky was right in 1863, that if we try to suppress a thought and to stop thinking about it, you actually start thinking about it more and sometimes even worse. And there's a couple of reasons for it, or as we kind of theorize, there's a couple of reasons for it. One of them is kind of this kind of phase one thing where you first stop, uh, start trying to stop thinking about something. Your conscious mind says, I'm not going to think about cheese. All right. You do that, though. But what do you have to do to remember that? Well, your unconscious brain has to try to remember what it is you're not trying to think about so that you know not to think about it. Confused? Yes. And that's probably how your mind feels, at least your unconscious mind, because it's going, knowing that there's something important that you're not supposed to be thinking about, and it has to periodically remember what it is so that it knows not to think about it. Well, unfortunately, you've now triggered you know, your brain to kind of focus in on this thing, so it is going to actually think about it more. Okay, and that's the worst, you know, that's the first part, bad part. So you're actually going to start thinking about it more. Oh, I, I need to remember the not to remember this. I need to remember not to remember this. The second part of this is what's known as the rebound effect. And this happens because you're consumed with not not thinking. The thought or behavior tends to worsen. So if you think, again, you, you, I'm not going to eat cheese. I'm going to stop eating cheese. Well, all that you're doing is you're thinking about cheese. Cheese, cheese, cheese. Cheese starts, oh, my God, cheese is so good. I love cheese. I love this type of cheese. Cheese, cheese. I can't think about cheese. Cheese becomes all that's on your mind. When you finally have a weak moment, which we all do, everybody one of us has weak moments in time, and you finally eat some cheese, you're going to have a tendency to gorge more. The behavior is going to tend to worsen. When you fall off that wagon, you tend to not just fall. You sort of jump off, smash your head, and roll around the ground as much as you can. People have a tendency to fail hard. So when you, you, know, you break your diet and you start eating cheese, you're not going to eat just one piece of cheese. You're going to eat 10 pounds of it. If you're trying to quit smoking, you're not, you know, you're not just going to take two puffs and stop. You're going to you know, smoke the rest of the pack and maybe go buy two more. All right. So this rebound effect is part of this idea of thought suppression that because we're suppressing these thoughts, we actually think about them more. And then when we return to that behavior or we stumble back into that behavior, we worsen it. All right. The last of these key ideas is command and control. And I took this definition straight off of Wikipedia because I liked it so much. And what their definition of command and control, which is a military term, is the exercise of authority and direction 
by a properly designated individual over assigned resources in the accomplishment of a common goal. All right, now how does this idea, this military term of command and control, have anything to do with health? Well, it has everything to do with health because what we're talking about is something known as locus of control. Locus, because we love to use fancy words in medicine, really means location or focus. So location or focus of control. And the idea being is you either see it as you have control over your life or they have control over you and your life. And this has some big, 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 big uh, concerns and ideas when it comes to your health. And we'll touch on those in a little bit. So our key idea summary then, these three key ideas that we need to remember when we're trying to make these initial health decisions are these. The school of fish phenomenon, the white bear phenomenon, and then command and control. And all of these being then, school of fish is the confusion effect because if there's so much information and so much swinging around and you can't make that choice because there's too many of these things going around, we have to fight through that confusion. Thought suppression with the white bears, meaning we want to focus... If we're only focused on things that we don't want to do, we know that we're going to be thinking about them more. If we're trying to change our diet, we're going to be thinking about the foods that we're trying to not eat and that we can have rebound with that. And then lastly, command and control. And really that becomes a question of who is in control of your behavioral and lifestyle. Is it you or is it them? All right, so how do we cut through confusion? How do we combat confusion? All right, well, the first thing that you do, really the first thing when it comes to confusion is you need to get clear on what you want. Okay, clear on what you want. Now, you notice there I'm saying what you want, not what you don't want. Now, there are some people that will purport, you know, you have to know what you don't want as well, and that's true, you do. But for this, and for most people, focus on what you want because if we don't want to bring in that little ugly specter of thought suppression, which we were talking about before. So focus on what you want. And then I like to break these down into, you know, how you look, what do you want to look like, how you feel, how do you feel emotionally, what do you want to think about, how, you know, what stimulates you, what makes your brain start moving, because you have to operate your brain like a muscle. Meaning, what, what means things in your life? How does your life have meaning? What provides you meaning? How do you like to relate with people? Who are your, your friends? Who are people that you enjoy being around? Who provides you energy? Who is it that you can hang out and have such a good time you feel good about yourself and they feel good about being with you and uh, and so on. And the last thing was, is where do you want to live? So what, air, what places provide you um, that make you happy? Again, if you are someone who loves the country and they live in the middle of the city and you hate living in a city, that's probably not the best place for you. Taken to extremes, if you don't want to live next to a toxic waste dump, okay? You want to live next to some place that is good for your health, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and so on. So we really need to get clear on what it is that you want. So what, you know, how much movement, what do you want to eat, who do you want to be around, who you want to, you know, uh, where you want to live, okay? Very, very critical. And we have a tendency to not think about it, or we just say, well, I kind of know this stuff, but we don't define it. And I'm saying what the first step you want to do is what is it that you really want? Now, the second part of cu cutting through this confusion, getting through the school of fish phenomenon, is you have to recognize what is important right now. And this is a timing issue. And this can change relatively quickly. And this changes with acuity and chronicity. That's just the fancy medical way of saying whether it is a now thing versus something that's been around for a long time and whether it's an urgency versus an emergency. Emergency is something that is life or death needs to be done, you know, generally within minutes, uh, certainly within hours. An urgency is something that needs to be done sooner rather than later, but you have some time, okay? 
Most things in life are not emergencies. Few things in life are urgencies. Um, we tend to think things are acute and happening now, but most of the events in our life are really chronic, things that have been building up over time because we either have been pushing off a decision or we've been pushing off an action. Okay, But again, what is important right now? So you know, if you want to get... Uh, you want to start walking every day because you know that walking gives you energy and makes you feel like you have great energy. That is a different priority versus if you're having crushing chest pain and you know you can't breathe. Okay, that in that necessary of, of importance. If you're having crushing chest pain, you need to go to the hospital right away. You don't want to be th- thinking about walking. All right, but for chronic conditions, is what's important right now? Is it your weight your main focus? Is it your uh, exercise and activity your main focus? Is it where you live the most focus? Is the people that you're around? Is it a job situation? Which of those is really the most important situation right now out of all those things that you really want? Okay, that can clearly define what it is that you need to move towards. The second part of this, though, is to replace, not suppress. So remember, when it comes, we don't want to think about white bears, all right? We want to replace the thoughts. We don't want to suppress what we don't want. And the way we do this is we think, where do I want to go? So similar is what you want is where do you want to go? And this comes down to in a lot of ways is prevention versus promotions There are two different little separate mindsets here. A prevention focus is a loss base, meaning you're scared of something happening. You want to keep something from occurring. All right. And so it's almost like a suppression, suppressed thought, right? I want to keep from having a heart attack. I want to uh, keep from falling off my bicycle. Uh, I want to keep from something. And prevention goals are important in threat-based uh, 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 threat-based experiences. So if you're in a, in a situation again where you are, um, are there's life or death, and then you have to have basically two choices and need quick action, that's where prevention is going to work well. Okay, I'm having crushing chest pain. I need to go to the hospital, or I'm going to die. That's a prevention kind of mindset, right? But the problem with thinking prevention all the time is that it limits you. Because it is more appropriate for a threat-based atmosphere, it has a tendency to invoke what happens when you see things as a threat? The stress response, okay? And when the stress response um, begins, remember it has both physical and psychological effects. The stress response makes your blood pressure go up, makes, makes your blood go out and the muscles get you ready to fight or flee, but it also has a tendency to narrow your focus. It, it brings your options down because it wants you to make quick decisions. Well, limiting your options when it comes to healthy behaviors is not what you want to do because you may not see all the options that you need. Again, in most situations, when it comes to chronic disease, when it comes to lifestyle and behavioral change, we're not in a life or death situation at that moment in time. What a promotion mindset, though, does is it builds, it provides you option. Promotion being, I want to achieve this. I want to... Uh, run the marathon. I want to hike to the top of Kilimanjaro. I want to um, eat uh, green foods so that they, uh, the, so that I, you know, my belly feels better every day. Thinking about you want to build upon, and if you're using this promotion mindset of where you want to go, psychologically, that again is not a threat-based mindset. It is more of a challenge. It's much more of an open, positive mindset. And what that tends to do then psychologically is it doesn't invoke the stress response, having the physical effects there, but it also expands your 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 uh, expands the way that you think so it, you can see and list better options. This may seem kind of woo-woo for you guys, but it isn't. I mean, basically, if you are happy or if you are trying to think of 
um, where you want to be or go and you have this positive focus, you will be able to list much more options out on a piece of paper than if you think, oh, God, I must, I, I, I'm scared. I need to keep from having a heart attack like Jim did. What am I going to do? When you have that threat-based um, mindset, your ability to write down really good options becomes much, much more narrow. And you can try this out for yourself. All right, the other thing, oh, the other part about this is where you want to go. This is your future kind of perspective, looking out ahead, where you want to go, future perspective. But the other half of this is you want to look at the past. Think of what has worked before. Key there, what has worked, not what has not worked. All right, this is typical with diet. Well, I tried the Atkins, I tried Jenny Craig, I tried Weight Watchers, whatever the case may be. Don't look at what didn't work. Look at the past events in your life that things did turn out, that things worked well for you, or at least you had a small success. Now, everybody has some moment in time in the past where something worked, okay? Some people have had better, better successes than others or bigger successes than others, but everyone has a small success. And what these little small successes do is they provide you clues of where things may work better. So again, four fundamental health behaviors, movement, food, eating right field food, uh, avoiding the toxins, people, places, and things, uh, and stress reduction. Each of us is going to have had one of those where we have been able to demonstrate some sort of successful thing. So let's say movement. Maybe in the past you were an athlete. Maybe in high school you did sports. Maybe you're in college you did sports. Um, maybe you like to cook and you cooked healthier at some moment in time. Maybe you lived in a different place and had different friends. You know, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe you, you did Tai Chi or yoga or you were in a strong environment where you felt less stress in your life. Find, you know, look back in the past, find those success clues so that you can write them down and kind of think about what it was at that moment in time that was working well for you. And that's going to give you clues for how to go forward. Because I'll tell you, if you have multiple areas in your life you're trying to pursue at once, diet, exercise, sleep, stress reduction, move, you know, job, etc., and you pick the one that you haven't had a lot of success with in the past, say you've you had you know, very, very difficult time with your eating for your entire life, that's probably not the best place to start. Because what you're trying to do is you want to start, if you're going to, you know, go through all these, focus on the one that you've had the success in the past with so that you can demonstrate success again in the future. And this is going to be the small pebble that'll bring about other behavioral change and another concept that we don't have as much time to really cover in this episode. But it really is the idea of small steps are going to lead to large steps. Small successes lead to big successes. So look at those small successes in the past, model them for your future choices, and go in that direction first before you try the hard things. All right, command and control. I'm going to return to this definition again. Command and control is the exercise of authority and direction by a properly designated individual over assigned resources in the accomplishment of a common goal. Now, this is a question of who has control, right? And there's two ways that you can view this. You can view it, and I've reworded this definition now, as they exercise authority and direction over my body and mind when it comes to my health. That's one way you can look at it. The second way you can look at it is I exercise authority and direction over my body and mind when it comes to my health, right? The first one, this they exercise authority, is what is known as an external locus of control. The second one here, I exercise authority, is what is known as an internal locus of control. All right. And 
external locus of control, this idea that, that they control everything is associated with all sorts of different things. Worse outcomes, worse health, worse behavior, worse, worse meaning, uh, worse life in a lot of ways as compared to an internal locus of control. Better outcomes, better health, better lives, better aging. All right? And so when it comes to this then, you really want to kind of shift your mind, if, particularly if you're an external locus of control. If you're, if you're one of those people, and I was one of them at one point in time, I have to tell you, uh, this kind of goes back to our mindset video, is you know when we're thinking they do this and it's their fault and um, I don't really have a chance because they uh, only certain people have this benefit and I didn't go to Harvard or whatever the case may be. Thinking that they have control over you has, again, from a stress standpoint, the perception of that, uh, that social strata, that you are somehow less than other people, huge physiologic effects on you. Stress response goes crazy, uh, starts attacking your own body, bad, bad, bad. Outcomes, as I said, are worse. People don't seem as well as well, and they don't take action. So you need to, the first step with this, to exercise your authority over yourself, okay? Allow yourself to take control, okay? This is a little bit scary in some ways because it means you have to take responsibility for yourself because no longer can we blame other people when it comes to our health. We have to actually take responsibility for it. But it is extraordinarily empowering because you are no longer waiting on your doctor. You are no longer waiting on, on your boss. You are no longer waiting for the mysterious they to provide you either you know validation for yourself or to provide you the tool for you to move forward. You can take action and control. And so the way we take action when it comes to health choices in this little mythology, in this three simple choices here, is to make sure that we pick an action then that depends on ourselves and not others. Okay. So I'm not saying don't go to your doctor, but when you're trying to first start a behavioral change to identify that key trigger, to identify that key behavior that you want to start on now, if you have multiple issues that you're trying to cover at once, is, again, prioritize it, be clear on what you want, focus on where you want to go, use one that you've had demonstrated success on in the past, something that you've been before, but then pick an action that depends on you and not others to do so. So you don't want to go through all this process and then decide, well, I can't do this because I need to go to my doctor and have 65 different blood tests drawn and, and a bunch of imaging done. Okay, you're, you're, now you've, you've taken away the control of the situation from yourself to them. You can say, well, I should go to my doctor and I'm going to you know, ask him some questions and maybe I need these blood work, but until then, I can do X for myself. Meaning, if it's a dietary issue, you can, you know, you want to, you know, maybe you want to do an elimination diet. Say, well, I'm going to identify what types of elimination diets. Elimination diets are basically you're trying to to take away one specific type of food from your, um, from what you're eating and see whether that helps you feel or about with the idea that maybe some few, some foods, some foods have more of a immune response or make your immune system kind of co- kookier than others. But you can look up. Uh, elimination diets. You can look up how to do elimination diets. If you're looking at things like, um, you know, avoiding weed or gluten, you can look up resources in that guard. You can start tracking. You can start looking in your own cupboards right now and say, ah, oh, this has gluten. This has weed. I can't eat this. I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to replace it with whatever. And you can find those things online. There's a lot of information when it comes to health. You know, and I think I've said this before on Straight Shot Health. One of the most wonderful things or I should say, one of the worst things that we have is we have too much information, all right? 
school of fish, right? Way, 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 way too much information. Everything online, too much stuff. How do we pick and choose it, right? Coming back to Ruth's question, there's just getting barraged by information. But one of the best things that we have is access to information. So that means once you've defined and you know what it is that you want, and you've you know you figured out uh, the past success that you had, behaviors that have worked well for you, but you just need hints on how to adapt them for the future, we have a huge amount of knowledge because now you can start asking the right questions to go forward and pursue what you need to know. So if you want to pick actions that depend on you, again, taking this control, this command and control back upon yourself and, and, not, and not leaving it to other people, not expecting other people or wanting, why would anybody want to have somebody else have control over themselves? I just, you know, once you've changed your viewpoint, it becomes, it becomes really disheartening. I can't even, I don't, I don't even want to think about other people controlling uh, me or telling me what I can do or asking for permission from them anymore. Anyway, picking this action that depends on you, you can now ask the questions. We have all this wealth of resources. You can Google, you can find the resources. If you're looking at diet, you can look at different types of diet. You can identify first steps for you, all right? Things that you can do safely, things that you can do smartly, things that you can do to get started today, all right? Again, not saying don't see your doctor, not saying don't get evaluated. I'm just saying pick things short little simple steps that you can do for yourself now in the future and forever all right using other people's advice using your doctor's advice as advice all right but you being the ultimate driver in your health your health choices and in your life all right so our three-step summary here remember there's the three key ideas at which we have to be uh, you know, worried about school of fish phenomenon. Remember that confusion effect, white bears, that suppression effect, command and control, worried about allowing them to control us. And we want to replace this then with a clear want and understand the importance behind that want. Focus again on um, what it is that we really want and clearly define it. To get through that thought suppression, we want to replace, not suppress. So we want to replace behaviors go after what it is that we want, what it is that we want to build upon, what, what behaviors you want to improve, not try to eliminate behaviors. Okay, replace them with a good behavior and the bad behaviors will eventually fall off on your own. And then lastly, command and control. We want to assume control of ourselves. We are in command and control of our lives. We are in command and control of our health. We are the ones who make the decisions for us. All right, as always, questions or comments, straightshothealth.com. You can comment there. My email is drkevin at straightshothealth.com. A uh, really easy way to do it. If you go to straightshothealth.com, I have an email newsletter right there. Boom. Um, you can start off. If you have questions, I'll ask you right off the get-go what yours are. Uh, you can send those back to me, and maybe we'll do an episode for you. Anyway, as always, folks, thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, stay well. <laughs>